You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Joe Rutten. And you're listening to Real Presence Live, and we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Next, we're going to have one of my favorite guests, Monsignor Charles Mangan, is on the line with us. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning to you, Heather, and also to Joe. So how are things going out in Alexandria? They're going well. You know, we have the Fatima uh, family shrine here, and uh, besides the beautiful parish we have and the Monastery of the Sisters, we have people stop all the time from all over the U.S., visiting the shrine, and it's just a marvel. Absolutely. It's a beautiful, and if you don't know about it, it's definitely worth a stop if you're on your way westward <laughs> from Sioux yes. Falls. It's definitely worth yes. a stop. Yes, it's 55 miles west of Sioux Falls or 12 miles east of Mitchell. Uh, it's a wonderful place to stop. Yeah. Well, today I'm excited to have you on. You are known as the Marian Priest. Everything possibly known about Mary, you probably know. <laughs> so. well, well, I'll tell you, right, I'm learning all the time, Heather. I really am. It's amazing. <laughs> well, and today we're going to be talking about the Immaculate Conception, and um, that is coming up on Tuesday the 8th, and so what a perfect time to get you on to discuss the Immaculate Conception, and just kind of walk us through what is the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception is the phrase we use to describe the dogma that Pope Blessed IX defined in 1854. So the Holy Father, Pius IX, defined the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, meaning that at that time, there was the doctrine, the teaching about the Immaculate Conception. He used his papal authority to declare this as a dogma, meaning that it's a doctrine with a very high authority in the Church's teaching uh, ladder, if you will. So in the hierarchy of teachings, the Immaculate Conception is very high, thanks to the dogma defined by Pope Blessed Pius IX. Now, the meaning of this is as follows. Our Blessed Mother, the Mother of the Lord, was conceived without original sin. So when she was conceived in her mother's womb, and tradition calls her mother Anne and her father Joachim, uh, at that moment, our Blessed Mother was preserved from original sin. Now, when you and I were conceived in our mother's womb, we had original sin, and original sin is the stain, the mark against our first parents, Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. But our Blessed Mother, according to the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, was preserved from that at the very moment of her conception. So never for a moment was Mary crossways, so to speak, or at odds with God. But she was always a faithful daughter of the Lord, and never for a moment did or thought or spoke anything contrary to God. 
that's really the meaning of the Immaculate Conception. Well, and you used to host a show with us when we were Lamb Radio, and one of my all-time favorite shows that um, we did together was with Emily Leadham, and we discussed the Immaculate Conception. And yeah. at that time, I don't know if you remember, but I was just um, I was just thinking about what Mary would have been like. So if you can imagine her childhood and growing up, what would her personality have been like compared to all the rest of us sinners, <laughs> you know? Right. You know, this is a real uh, great question, and it's a true mystery. I mean, you know, she is truly human as we are, so we certainly have solidarity with her. She is our sister. She is our mother. She is our friend. But there was something very different, and the same is true for Jesus. Jesus, of course, has our human nature. He's not a human person, as we are. He's a divine person with a human nature and a divine nature. But our Blessed Mother, fully human, uh, was very similar to us, except that she was preserved from that, if you will, contagion, a word we use a lot with COVID, uh, the contagion of original sin, the first disobedience of our parents. So I think, Heather, she must have been um, just outstanding in every way, her spirit of recollection, her spirit of silence, her spirit of service of others, uh, must have been absolutely incredible. Well, and thinking about that, do you think... um so if she was born without the effects of original sin, you know, that would have affected her entire life. So can you talk a little bit about original sin and what that looks like for the rest of us? Yes. Original sin, then, is the disobedience of our first parents, Adam and Eve. And because we're members of the human race uh, and sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, we also have contracted original sin. The disobedience of Adam and Eve being so strong that it it has affected us. Now, with our Blessed Mother, she too is a daughter of Adam and Eve. She's a member of the human race, but she was preserved from that original sin. So, as you say, as you ask, what does this look like for the rest of us? Well, we were conceived in original sin, but many of us, thank God, have been baptized. So thanks be to God, uh, original sin is no longer on our soul, though we struggle with the effects of original sin. So when it comes to how that is for us, we say uh, original sin has done several things in our lives. Uh, There is the possibility of error. By that I mean we don't always think clearly. Uh, We don't always see things clearly. Uh, because of our weakened nature. Um, Also, a physical component is we become sick and we die eventually. Uh, So we're ignorant and we're also weak physically. This, I think, we could say are really effects of original sin. Mary did not have that. Uh, She didn't suffer... uh, the effects of original sin, though she was a member of the human community. 
And I think that's Heather, where it gets a little tricky sometimes to to figure out just what does that mean? Uh, how can you have a member of the human community who doesn't have original sin when the rest of us do? Uh-huh. But we just go back to the fact that Mary is as truly human as we are without having had any disobedient act, any disobedient attitude towards God ever, even at the moment of her conception. Beautiful. I would love to see a a book of her childhood. (laughs) (laughs) I always think, for me, I'm like, you know, when we get to heaven, we get a, it'll just be, I don't know, what will we come to know about all these people, right? I mean, we read them like... I just found even going to the Holy Land and going to the different uh, places in the Holy Land brought the reality of the disciples and Mary and uh, even Jesus himself to me in a whole new way that I hadn't experienced before. Um, And with Mary, how is it when you look at it, it, we were talking previously about uh, making good choices, about our weak will, Mm -hmm. and about using Advent to make better choices. How can Advent be a time for us to lean into Mary and and invite her to help us make better choices of virtue in our life uh, uh, so that we become more wise and we become more conscious of Christ and we become more Christ-like? What what might you encourage our listeners to do to incorporate a little more Marian spirituality this Advent in their day? Yes, I would say uh, three things. Number one, uh, those marvelous stories, sometimes called the infancy narratives, from chapters 1 and 2 of St. Matthew's Gospel and chapters 1 and 2 of St. Luke's Gospel. There is so much truth there. Those could be the, our spiritual reading for the rest of our lives. Uh, we could only open up those four chapters and we would have unending fruit for the rest of our lives. So I would say during Lent, the more we can look at those gospel stories, the better. We really start to understand, little by little, with the help of the Holy Spirit inspiring us, the Spirit inspiring our reading, we really begin to understand who Mary is, who Christ is, who Joseph and John the Baptist are as well. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say, and it's a perennial suggestion, and that is certainly the rosary and particularly the joyful mysteries. Um, Some like to pray every day during Advent the joyful mysteries. So perhaps instead of glorious some days and luminous and sorrowful, to stick with the joyful mysteries. There's no hard and fast rule with that. Uh, People are free to do whatever with that. But you know, for 25 days or 27 days of praying the joyful mysteries, uh, mm-hmm. be marvelous uh, reflection on just what this was all about. The third thing I would say is there are some excellent uh, spiritual books regarding Mary. As Heather made the comment before, you know, they have a, a book about Mary's childhood. Now, some authors have tried to do something like that. But again, we're in an area here where it's very difficult because um, it's hard to have uh, sources that go back to that period. But, you know, nevertheless, just perennial uh, guides in the spiritual life, St. Louis Marie de Montfort, St. Alphonsus Mary Liguori, St. Maximilian Mary Colby, 
uh, St. John Paul II and his Marian teachings, these are just jewels that are waiting for us. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Monsignor Charles Mangan today about the Immaculate Conception. And we're going to take a quick break, Monsignor, and then when we come back, we're going to talk more about Mary and maybe her parents and what we know about them. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a minute. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. As a sole provider, the needs of my growing family are something I pray for daily. I know continuing my education will benefit my family in the end, but I worry about what I'll miss while doing so. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll here with Joe Rutten, and we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We're having a great conversation with Monsignor Charles Mangan this morning, discussing the Immaculate Conception and just what that means. Um, thanks for joining us, Monsignor. It's been a pleasure having you on. Oh, you're welcome, Heather. So before we went to break, I wanted to um, talk about Mary's parents. And I, I always think about this. So, like, Mary was born without original sin, and I think about what does her lineage look like? What, how long was God preparing this family tree, you know? And so, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's interesting, Heather, when Pope Blessed Pius IX in 1854 
defined the Immaculate Conception as a dogma of the Church. And, of course, as we said earlier, the Immaculate Conception was already a teaching of the Church. It was just that in 1854, on the feast day of the Immaculate Conception, Pope Pius IX declared it as a dogma. So, um, in his decree, in which he declared the Immaculate Conception a dogma, he said that when God decided that the Son of God would become man for us, so in other words, when God decided that the second person of the Blessed Trinity would become incarnate, that at that very moment he chose Mary of Nazareth to be his mother. So mm. we say that was from eternity. So mm. as Pius IX said, you know, and I think we forget about this, this is often called the predestination of Mary. So in answering your question, we could say, you know, how long was God preparing for this? From eternity. That from eternity, he willed the incarnation of Christ, that is, that Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity, would become man. And at the same time, in the same and eternal decree, he decided that it would be Miriam of Nazareth, or Mary of Nazareth, who would become the mother of the Lord. So her lineage really goes back to the very beginning of what we have in sacred scripture. And when we speak about how our Blessed Mother and her lineage have come down for, to us, we know that in the scriptures there, is, uh, there are two genealogies of how Jesus came and what his family lineage looks like. So, of course, his mother would be intimately involved with that. Uh, tradition calls Mary's mother, Anne, St. Anne, and her father, Joachim, St. Joachim. And on the 26th of July, we have the feast day of St. Anne and Joachim. We really don't know much at all about them as persons. The tradition is uh, is that they went to the temple when our mother was just a small girl, perhaps three years old, and presented her in the temple the temple being the place where she would receive her education uh, in in the faith, in the Jewish faith, uh, also her education to help her in her future vocation as wife and mother. So Joachim and Anne uh, were, from all indications, pious Jews who were very faithful and wanted to make sure that their daughter had a very good and thorough education so that she could be truly the person God created her to be. Let's also remember here, Heather, that the tradition is that Joachim and Anne were childless. And our mother came to them when they were later in life, the tradition has been, um, and it was just such a great joy that they could conceive this beautiful baby who, of course, would have looked like any other baby, but as we know was destined to be the mother of the Lord and was conceived without original sin. Well, and I would think, too, um, that they must have been spectacular people because they would have also been involved in Jesus' life for, I don't know how long. Yes, I think it would only be speculation, you know, as to how long they would have been involved. 
But um, certainly, you know, uh, to think that Mary, their daughter, would bring forth the Son of God from her virginal womb uh, must have been a joy, a tremendous joy, if, in fact, they were still living at that time when she bore Jesus. Um, and if so, no doubt, as Jewish families were very close, they would have had a very intense and participatory role in mm. his life and in Mary's life. Interesting. So, with the Immaculate Conception coming up, the uh, solemnity of that, let's discuss how we can celebrate this day on Tuesday and make it a little special to remember it. Yes. The first thing that we are so privileged to do and which Holy Mother Church uh, requires of us is that we attend Mass, since it is a holy day of obligation. Um, and since it's a holy day, that we would refrain from unnecessary labor. Um, now, a lot of folks in the United States would work that day, and so that would be considered for their livelihood something they need to do. But perhaps there's a way we could make that as special as possible, certainly by attending Mass, and then whatever we can do, be it with ourselves, with our spouse, with our children, grandchildren, parents, as the case may be, you know, perhaps a meal together, or something festive together, uh, praying the rosary together, uh, lighting a candle in honor of Mary Immaculately Conceived, praying the Litany of Loretto, uh, which is the Litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And many of our listeners know that a few months ago, Pope Francis added three titles uh, of Mary to that litany. So uh, there's just so much there that we could do, all against the backdrop of Advent and how Mary prepared her heart for the coming of the Lord, which is something that you and I are called to do as well. Beautiful. Some great ideas. Monsignor, we've only have a few minutes left. Any last thoughts before we let you go? The Immaculate Conception is oftentimes called one of the four Marian dogmas. So uh, the Church has defined the motherhood of Mary, the fact that she is the mother of God. The Church has also defined Mary's perpetual virginity, meaning that she was virgin before, during, and after the birth of Jesus. Uh, and then, of course, our third uh, dogma is what we're speaking about today, the Immaculate Conception. And finally, the fourth Marian dogma is uh, the Assumption. At the end of her earthly life, the sinless Virgin Mary, Mother of God, was assumed body and soul into heaven by God. So I think, Heather, the, the way I like to think of it here is the Immaculate Conception is like a, a fourth, one could say, of this incredible crown which Mary has. And let's also say that the Church teaches many other things about Mary. It's just that these four dogmas occupy a very special place. Mm, absolutely. Monsignor, thank you for being on with us this morning. We appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. And you have a great Immaculate Conception. <laughs> thank you, and to you all. All right. Thanks, Monsignor. Okay, Joe, we're... We're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, Mark Kenzemius is with us, so we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.